the America's Jobs Team Podcast for economic developers by economic developers. Join the Consultant Connect team every Thursday for discussions surrounding the latest in our industry. Learn from fellow economic development heroes, get leadership advice, keep on top of industry trends and shifts, and so much more. You are a part of America's Jobs Team. And we're so glad that you're tuning in. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the America's Jobs Team. I'm Carla Sones, and today I'm with a neighbor. So um, Christina Franks is from Cornerstone Alliance, which is in the very southwest corner of southwest Michigan. And I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today, Christina. Um, Recently named one of the top 50 economic developers of 2022. And I'm excited to hear about your leadership journey. I know your story of how you landed in economic development. Everyone's story is untraditional, but I think yours is really special. So we're going to talk about that a little bit and some of the other cool things that you guys have cooking down at Cornerstone Alliance. So are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Let's do this. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so (laughs) you were recently named one of the top 50 economic developers in 2022. You've been in economic development for a little while. We need to hear the story of how you got into economic development because you came from another nonprofit. And so I just need to hear the story of how you worked your way into this profession and kind of what your game plan is now that you're in the profession with the rest of us. Yeah. So I guess I do probably have a pretty untraditional path of getting here. Um, I actually went to school for social work. And so right out of school, I was a social worker for one of our local elementary schools, working with kids with emotional impairments and absolutely loved the work, loved the work. But what I realized was I would never make enough money to solve all the problems and take them all home with me and give them good lives. And that my heart sometimes couldn't take that fact. And so I struggled with that a little bit, but really loved working with those kids one-on-one. So I was approached by another organization, Big Brothers Big Sisters. I was with that organization for about seven years and absolutely loved working there. I worked started out working kind of case management, worked my way up and was actually the executive director for a few years um, up until I decided it was probably time to move on to something else. I had kind of brought the program up to where it needed to be for our community and I was ready for a new challenge. I was ready to to make an impact somewhere else and the one thing I knew was that, you know, my passion is really about the community and the people that live in it. And so I wanted to do something where I could still have an impact, but I also wanted to explore something that was kind of out of my familiarity. I wanted to get more into the business world because I'm fascinated by how things work and, and how things are made and that whole kind of ecosystem of, of um, from start to finish and products and, and that sort of thing. So just by happenstance, I ended up meeting Rob Cleveland, our CEO now. And he had just started working at Cornerstone. He had just taken over the role. And we actually met in a leadership class. And and he was sort of looking for somebody who could do their investor relations and and had good people skills. And kind of the joke is somebody who could raise a million dollars, which is what I started out doing for the organization. (laughs) And so I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. I didn't even know what economic development was. I had no idea who Cornerstone Alliance was or what they did. But I did a little research and I knew I knew two things. I absolutely love the community I live in and get to work in. And I really trusted the team at Cornerstone. It was a really cool, diverse set of individuals that were doing things I didn't understand what they were doing at the time. And so I, I took a chance and found myself in this 
crazy world of economic development that is fascinating to me and and I love it. So yeah, I love that. I love that story and kind of how you wound up back in economic development from going from social work. And it's, it mirrors a lot of my experience too, because I went to health education and kind of took a leap of faith in a very similar way. Knew somebody on the team, did not know what economic development was. Yeah. And in first, with the first project they were talking about, I was sitting there like, I'm not sure if that's a lot of land or power or if that's normal, but that seems big to me. But there's just no like concept. Like you There's can't conceptualize, like really. And, and I, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, probably for the first two years I worked here, I had no idea what we really did. Right. Like mm-hmm. I had ideas and bits and pieces. You kind of put it together and, and then you're just like, you know, it's this epiphany one day where you're like, okay, like it's really, I always say it's all things to everyone. Right. Yep. Like I can't yeah. explain it real easy, but this is the best I can do. Yeah. So you raised a million dollars and now what do you do for Cornerstone? So now I still raise a million dollars and, 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 and I now oversee all of the external affairs. So anything that is outward facing, I um, do some of the attraction piece. I do a lot of the relationship management. We have over 300 amazing investors. And so I get to work with them one-on-one. I've got a great team that does all the communications, all the marketing and all that stuff. So you know, I, I always like to say I have the best job in the world. I get paid to like make friends with people and connect them with the resources they need and utilize the resources we need. And it's like matchmaker almost kind of is my yeah. job now. So I yeah. love that. Okay. So, so not only were you a top 50 economic developer, but Cornerstone was also deserving of some congratulations this year because your business center, the women's business center was recently recognized as a Women's Business Center of the Year for 2022 in Michigan. So can you tell us what happens at the Women's Business Center and like what you feel like that means for the future of, you know, your community? Yeah. So I guess I have to start by saying that um, our team here is just like the dream team lineup, right? Like we just have so many amazing, incredibly talented individuals who are diverse in thought, I mean, nobody looks the same. So it's really, you know, great to get around the table and just have new, fresh ideas coming from all different walks of life. And, you know, the Women's Business Center is is one program or one aspect of what we do here. And again, just rock stars on that team. And so the Women's Business Center is actually focused on serving all entrepreneurs, but we have a real focus on women, minority, veterans, those that are typically an underserved population. And it's really focused on getting entrepreneurs to help start and grow their business. So kind of the long and short of it is really getting small businesses up and going. And I think it's so important for us to be recognized because small business is really the backbone of our communities. Anyone who knows anything about economics knows the importance of small business is just insanely huge, right? Like we have to pay attention. We have to support our small businesses. We have to help them thrive. We have to give them, you know, communities that are appreciative and understand what they're contributing as well. And so our, our women's business center is really set up to do that. And, and I get asked all the time, like, so do you only serve women? No, 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 we don't. It's super misleading. Um, and, and there's something with the contract with the SBA that, you know, you have to have it titled such, but we serve everybody, every entrepreneur, um, at every stage of starting and running a small business, they do one-on-one counseling. It's it's really tailored 
to that individual, which I think is often hard to find, especially for entrepreneurs, right? I feel like entrepreneurs are usually so like on an island, like they're working really hard. They believe in this dream, but there's nowhere out there where it says like, okay, well, here's point A and here's point Z and this is how you get there. Everybody's Mm -hmm. journey is different and it's very individual. So the WBC is really designed to do that and help those entrepreneurs get kind of laser focused on where they're going and then line up the resources they need to make it happen. Yeah. Well, that's like an awesome service. And especially with the pandemic happening, like so many small businesses were really, truly suffering. And it's so nice to know that you have a well-oiled machine that was able to really support them. Like you didn't have to create something. You already had something available that you could just start kind of maximizing the impact of, which is really cool. Yeah, it was, um, you know, during the pandemic. So our team's pretty small. We've got 12 individuals on our team and, and everybody's responsible for for doing a ton of work, which makes incredible impact. But during the pandemic, it was interesting because we did. We had WBC, which is traditionally a team of two. Well, with all of the businesses in Berrien, Cass, and Van Buren County, there was no way those two could, could serve those businesses. So it took all of our entire team jumped on and we all had, you know, literally case files of every business in Marion, Cass and Van Buren County. And, you know, we're, we're making phone calls and we're sending emails. And in the beginning, like I, I'm sure everyone remembers, but like the, there was this like visceral fear that just ran through everybody. And it was like the sky was falling, but literally falling. And, Mm -hmm. and I remember like, I'd spent half of my day just picking up the phone and calling businesses and being like, how's it going? And, you know, talking people off the ledge, like, it's going to be okay. I don't have the answers because nobody's seen this before, but we're here. We are paying attention. We are doing what we can to get these resources lined up. We're going to be here with you every step of the way. You know, it was, it was incredible because I think it, I mean, for all the bad that's happened, I think it's made our community stronger, especially in that small business realm. Yeah. I think that's so cool because there's so many communities that I talked to that they weren't prepared, right? Like they weren't, they were kind of, you know, doing existing industry visits, but they didn't have a a really strong small business support mechanism. And they had to try to create something and figure it all out. And it was very clunky. And you all, I know it probably felt clunky because you're all of a sudden like, okay, I'm in the small business world. I don't know all the answers, but it was truly, I'm sure, much more seamless for your community because you already had a team that at least knew that there was a center. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely proud of the team for stepping up and all of that and all the work that we did. But, you know, would I ever want to go back and do it again? No way. I'd take an early retirement today to not deal with that. That was just mass chaos. I mean, 14 hour days were normal. I didn't know if it was like morning, noon or night. I hadn't seen my family in the same house like for days on end. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. You're all down at 1030 for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Okay. So let's talk about the tough times. Let's talk about like tough leadership lessons. Um, One of the things that I love about this podcast is we get to hear some economic development stories and we get to hear from the people who are doing the work and just kind of what your leadership journey has been. And some of those hard moments, I think really helped shape, you know, the, the next generation of economic developers. So talk to us a little bit about a tough lesson you had to learn in your kind of leadership journey and what you took away from that lesson. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you talk about leadership, especially when you're talking to somebody maybe very young in their career, and and I was young. I mean, I was I was six months shy of my 30th birthday when I took over the executive director role at Big Brothers Big Sisters. So here I had this organization that I was responsible for 
the livelihood of those who are working for me, uh, the children that we were serving. I had a, you know, a debt to the community. Like I had to show up and we had to do this work and make this impact. And so I think that oftentimes it seems super glamorous and exciting. And you only see the leader in those moments when they're on stage and the lights are on and, you know, it's fancy and fun. And I think what nobody tells you, and probably because a lot of people would run screaming for the hills, right, is that leadership is not about the leader. Like, absolutely not. And, you know, it's that old adage, and we've all heard it, there's no I in team. I was really, really lucky that I got to work for somebody when I was just getting started, and, and she became one of my biggest mentors. And, and she was adamant that you never referred to anything as I. It's always we and team. And to this day, one of my biggest pet peeves ever is when you hear a leader refer to their team as staff. Oh, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like, are they getting your coffee and bringing around your car? Like, that's crazy. They're part of your team. Like, everybody's a team. And it doesn't matter how small the title is or the role or what the responsibility is. Like, every single person adds up and makes it possible for the impact that you make as an organization. And I do believe that leaders, you have to treat the lowest man on the totem pole as good, if not better. I think sometimes better. Then you treat the highest person up because they're doing that thankless work that is often unseen and uncelebrated. Mm-hmm. But without it, I mean, you know, does the CEO want to be doing that stuff? Probably not. You know, they probably don't have time or whatever. But I think that's the biggest leadership lesson. And I would say my leadership motto is really little hinges swing big doors. I and like I that. I believe in it in every aspect of life. Like it's the really small things that make a really big difference. Mm-hmm. And that could be people, positions details. You know, I think it's something anybody who's ever worked on my team knows like, oh, Chris is saying little hinges swing big doors and kind of a little bit make fun of me. And then I'll have these really great moments where I'm like, see you guys, like such a small thing made such a big impact. Yeah. It's so true. I just wrote it down. I like that. Um, And I, I really do agree with you. Like there's so much impact at every level of the organization. I mean, when you think about like when you call a place, like who answers the phone and who greets you and how that service feels like really helps you determine like whether or not this is going to be a good experience or bad. Like you start to shape, like, do I have to be really assertive about what I need or do I, am I in a, do I feel like I'm in a trusting safe, like we can have a conversation type place. Like you make those decisions without even thinking about it in your head based on the sound of the person's voice and how they handle like you when you call. And absolutely. And at the end of the day, you know, we all want to be valued. And and what a very small thing we can all do is to take a little bit of time to realize like, hey, listen, you know, if, if my team isn't successful, then I'm not successful. Right. And, you know, I, I once had a, a pretty influential leader tell me that his goal was to always make sure that he was not the smartest on the team and to only hire people that could do his job better than he could. And so I think there's that like, you know, I think a lot of times leaders will be intimidated by talent or someone who thinks differently than them. And I feel like that's that's crazy because they're really only limiting their own leadership, right? Like you're only limiting your own success. Exactly. Like you become a better player. It's it's true. Like iron sharpens iron. Yeah. You need to be around people who are really sharp and that makes you sharper. It's so true. you know, it's also, it's a responsibility too, I think, especially for, um, you know, I look at myself, I'm a younger female in this profession that has traditionally been a little 
manly and, you know, a little older than I am. Um, I think it's changing, but I feel like it's responsibility now. You know, I am obligated to bring on those next in line. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that. So I, I love your, your saying, I know you have some superpowers. If you had to say like, this is my superpower, what would that be? That's a tough one. Well, Unfortunately, it's not the ability to eat whatever I want and not put on like, you know, anyway, I still got to run. So that's not it. Darn it. <laughs> um, I'm jealous but I of would everyone say, who has that. I know. Except for my husband, who's like tiny, little skinny and can eat whatever he wants. Yep. Like, Anyways, I would say my superpower would be the power of connecting. So I really, I, I love people. I think everybody brings something to the table and you may not know what it is at first, but eventually you'll kind of come back to it and be like, oh yeah, this person, you know knows this person or has this resource or whatever it may be. And my team kind of jokes and they're like, oh, if you need something, ask Chris, because if she doesn't know, she knows somebody who knows. And it really is. I kind of have this like, you know, mental Rolodex of experiences and individuals I've met over time. And you just never know when your paths will cross or you'll, you can share some resource or something like that. And so I think it's the power of connecting. And when when you look at like what we do, I mean, Economic development is all about connection and and networking and and relationships. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you think about, you know, your journey so far in economic development, has there been kind of one moment that really stands out to you that you're really proud of? Or was there there anything along the way that you were like, ah, yes, I'm like in the right place and this is the right thing for me to be doing? And I think that Boy, I, I don't think I have a one or two or or 10 million. I have, like, I, I literally see it every day, right? Like, I will drive down Main Street and see, you know, new construction taking place on a, an old building. And I'm like, that's exciting. That's That's progress. That's opportunity. I will see, you know, commercials of new companies coming to the area and, and hiring and, like, that's exciting because while I may be indirectly a part of it, that's the work we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, from little community things that I feel really excited about to really big wins for the state, you know, anything is far and wide in between. I mean, it's just everything we are a part of touches kind of everything else. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, Christina, you're always a breath of fresh air. And I feel like every time I get to spend time with you, I leave feeling like more energized and like ready to go do this thing. And so I hope that the listening audience today kind of takes away that same, that same energy. I feel like we need more of you in economic development to kind of spread that energy and that passion for what we do and that ability to kind of notice all those little things. I think sometimes we get so focused on the big pressures and the big projects that you kind of forget that you drive around and see a lot of those little progress that really all adds up to the community flourishing. And so I love that perspective. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Congratulations again for being one of the top 50 economic developers. And I can't wait until we can hang out again. Yes, I can't either. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for sticking with us till the very end. This podcast is sponsored by Research on Investment lead generation for economic development, and Gazelle AI. Spend more time closing, less time chasing. Did you like what you heard today? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The America's Jobs Team podcast is audio engineered by Andrea Fuller and produced by Faye Davis.